We're in Yavamos Chaf Amid Beis 20b, towards the bottom of the Gemara. The Gemara just concluded that in the various cases that we've had in the Mishnah, discussing a scenario of a brother-in-law and a sister-in-law in the context of Yibam, where there is an additional a negative uh, commandment, negative prohibition, uh, whether the case is a Kohen Gadol marrying a widow, doing Yibam with a widow, or it's a regular Kohen with a Grusha, with somebody who got divorced in a, in a, from a previous marriage, or if it's a Mamzer marrying any Jew, all those are cases where it is a negative prohibition uh, to mar- to get married. And so the Gemara just concluded by saying that, well, you know what, in this case of Yibam, we have a positive commandment. There's a positive commandment to do Yibam. And there's a negative commandment to actually go through with it. So which one should we follow? So the Gemara says on a Torah level, we should say, the positive commandment overrides the negative commandment. And it's true, on the Torah level, we will say that you, sh- you could do Yibam here. However... On a rabbinic level, the Gemara said that we tell them not to do Yibam. They should do Chalitza, but not Yibam. Why? Because the Gemara just concluded to say that there's a Gezera here. There is a concern that Gezera, we say, don't do Yibam because Yibam will only work to, t- to allow them to have marital relations for the very first time. The way to perform Yibam is by having marital relations. They're going to have marital relations for the first time. And then the se- when the second time comes around, there is... Not going to be. There's not going to be a positive commandment. Yibum was already fulfilled. There's no longer a mitzvah as a positive commandment. All that remains is the negative commandment for the rest of the marriage. There's still a negative commandment for them to have marital relations for any of the cases that we we previously described. And so, uh, there's on a rabbinic level, it's true on a biblical level they could do yibum for the first time. They could have marital relations for the first time. But on a rabbinic level, they said don't do that because what's the point? They can't stay married for the rest of the time. They're not able. They're not going to be able to allow to to have marital relations for any time in the future. So, therefore, we're going to say don't do yibum at all on a rabbinic level. So the Gemara now is going to question this. The Gemara is going to say, but there's a principle that even even on a biblical level we should question this and say it's true in general. We say a positive commandment overrides a negative commandment, but that's only when that's the only option available. When all you could do is you need to do this positive commandment. In order to fulfill this positive commandment, you have to violate a negative commandment. So then we tell you to fulfill the positive commandment. But what happens in the following scenario of Yibam, where there is an alternative? There's an alternative. You don't have to do Yibam. You could do Chalitza. It's enough to do Chalitza. So in that scenario, we should say, we won't apply the principle of, of a positive commandment overriding a negative commandment because there's a way out. There's a way out. You could do Chalitza. So that's your way out. So even on a biblical level, we should say, Yibam does not override this negative commandment because there's a way out. There's a way out for a chalitza. And that's what the Gemara is going to be discussing now. The other option is to say that, no, maybe chalitza is not viewed as a sufficient alternative. Maybe it's not a sufficient alternative because chalitza, for various reasons, is viewed as secondary. It's not really viewed as, which is a bigger discussion, but it's not necessarily viewed as the primary option, that that's the first, that's the go-to. Our go-to is probably Yibam. And that if we just can't do Yibam, so then we should do Chalitza. So maybe it's not an equal option when you have to pick between Yibam and Chalitza. Even in the Torah, it says that if you should do Yibam, if you can't do Yibam, you do Chalitza. If the whole idea of Yibam is 
to continue the legacy or to attempt to continue the legacy, to put yourself in a situation where there's a possibility of continuing the legacy of the, pre- of the previous marriage, uh, so then Yibam is the primary choice. If you if you can't do it for whatever reason, you don't want to do it, there's different factors involved, so then we tell you to do Chalitza. But Chalitza is not the... You could explain that Chalitza is not the is not an equal option. Once it's not an equal option, so then it's true. We should say a positive commandment overrides the negative commandment. It's as if our only option is Yibam. If our only option is Yibam, so then we would say a positive commandment overrides the negative commandment. So that would be the other way of understanding it. Again, the first way would just understand that maybe chalitza is an alternative option. It's an equal alternative option where yibam, you could do either yibam or chalitza. And in fact, there's some opinions that say even chalitza to some extent also continues the legacy somehow of the, of the previous marriage, even just by going through the process of chalitza. So the question, it's really a fundamental question here of uh, how... When we have Yibam and Chalitza, which one is primary? Are they both on, on equal options? Or is one Yibam the primary option and is Chalitza a secondary option? Which is a very important question. So let's see the Gemara inside. The Gemara says, Hadar Marava, Vizim Marav Ashi, Lav Milsehid Amri, Damri, Shlakesh Kom Makom Shatemot, Yasev, Losase, Imate Yachal, Akaim Shne, Mutavim Lav, Yavase, Vietres, Losase, Hachanami, Asher Bachalitza, Demakaim Esay, Velosase. Rava says, and some say it's Rav Ashi, it says that, wait a minute, Reish Lakish says that we only apply the principles, uh, the principle of a positive commandment, overriding a negative commandment, when you need to do the positive commandment. It's your only option. But if there's a way out, so then there's a way out. We should tell, if there's a way out where you, where you fulfill the positive commandment and you do not violate the negative commandment, do that. So, so over here, you should do Chalitza. And so, this opinion says, Rava, Rav Ashi, they say, do Chalitza. That's why we tell you to do chalitza, even on a Torah level. Forget about the rabbinic decree that you shouldn't do yibam because then you can't have a relation, uh, sexual relations later on. Forget about that. On a, even on a biblical level, we'll tell you don't do yibam because there's a way out. Do chalitza. We wouldn't apply the principle of a positive commandment overriding a negative, negative commandment in this case. And that's the position here of Rav Ashi. The Gemara then asks, asks the question, The Gemara asks, so wait a minute. We had a brace that we mentioned earlier. Uh, that says that if they went through Yibam, even if we don't recom- recommend Yibam, so then it works. That should only apply if on a biblical level we do allow Yibam, and it's only on a rabbinic level where we say, don't do Yibam. So that makes sense if it's only a rabbinic decree not to do Yibam, but if it's on a biblical level, we're telling us now that, uh, the Gemara is saying now that you shouldn't do Yibam, so then how is it possible that if they attempted to do Yibam, that it would actually be viewed as halachically significant? It would be work. It would be, it would work. How could you say? How would the, could the Brisa say that? So the answer is Tiyufta. It's really it's a good question. The Gemara concludes that it's really a good question. It would really question this position to say this position that says that on, even on a biblical level you cannot do Yibam because the Brisa. It's a question because the Brisa says that if they attempted to do it, then it actually works. It's viewed as halachically significant. Okay, that's the end of that part of the Gemara. We'll read a few more lines as we con- we're going to continue on for a few more lines into Chaf Aleph Amid Aleph into twenty one a. The Gemara says as follows: Itamar, Itmar. It says we have the following dispute. We have a machlokas here between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Lazar. Dispute. What happens in the same case we've been discussing until now? The Mishnah's case. You have the Kohen Gadol, the live brother. His sister-in-law is now a widow, right, automatically because the brother passed away. They don't have any children, and but the brother was also married to. Uh, 
uh, to somebody else. They had two wives. And the Kohen Gadol did Yibam to one of the two wives. So the question is, does this exempt the co-wife? Or does this not exempt the co-wife? This is a matter of a dispute. Does it exempt the co-wife from doing Yibam or Chalitza? Is she free to marry whoever she wants? One opinion says, she's free. She could go marry whoever she wants. Meaning, the Yibam actually accomplished something. So one opinion says, the Yibam actually did accomplish something. The other opinion says that no. It's not enough. The Yibam did not accomplish anything. Because we told them that they can't do Yibam. The Yibam did not accomplish anything. And therefore, you still have to do something with either one. You still have to do Chalitza. It didn't accomplish anything. The co-wife now still has to do Yibam or Chalitza. And so the Gemara elaborates and explains. When it comes to a widow from when that original marriage between the brother and the wife, the brother who passed away, if that's if he passed away after they actually got married, not just engaged, but actually got married, and they already had marital relations, so we already mentioned earlier in the week that the reason why that doesn't work is because there's a positive commandment of Yibam, but there's also a negative commandment, and not just a negative commandment, but there's also a violation of a different positive commandment. There's a positive commandment that the Kohen Gadol has to marry somebody who never had sexual relations before. And this person did. It's, uh, it's the, the brother died after they actually got married. It was after they had marital relations. And so in that case, I understand, everyone agrees, nobody argues that by doing Yibam, it does not accomplish anything. The co-wife would then also have to do Yibam, or would have to do, not Yibam, but would have to do Chalitza. Uh, and she cannot marry anybody she wants uh, until Chalitza takes place because the positive commandment uh, does not override the net violation of a negative commandment and the violation of a positive commandment. There are two violations here, and the positive commandment does not override both. But where is this dispute as to whether or not it, it exempts the co-wife, whether Yibam actually is viewed as halakhically significant? It's in the case of where their widow, after they got engaged, that the, he passed away, the brother passed away, after they got engaged, before they got married. So then it's just a regular case of a positive commandment overriding a negative commandment. The whole dispute here is exactly what we were discussing. The one that says that it exempts the co-wife, it's because it's viewed as halakhically significant. Why is it halakhically significant? Because a positive commandment is allowed, is allowed to override a negative commandment. It's allowed. Ah, oh, but there's chalitza. Chalitza is secondary. It doesn't make a difference that there's this option of chalitza, but it's a secondary option. It's not the primary option. It is a secondary option. And so, therefore, we will say, you're allowed to do Yibam and override the negative commandment on a Torah level. It's only on a rabbinic level that we say you shouldn't do it. So, since it works on a Torah level, it works enough to exempt the co-wife. The co-wife can now go and marry whomever she wants. The other opinion says that it doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? Because you have the option of Chalitza. Don't do Yibam. Even on a Torah level, you're not allowed to do Yibam. We do not apply the principle of a positive commandment overriding a negative commandment because there's another option. We never apply the principle of a positive commandment overriding a negative commandment when there is another option. So this whole dispute is a dispute about whether or not we should apply the principle of a positive commandment overriding a negative commandment within the context of Yibam if there's this other option of Chalitza. So the Gemara asks a question, the same question that I had before. Uh, the Brisa says that uh, how could you say this? But the, the Brisa says that if they attempted to do Yibam, so then it works. That it's viewed that it works. So so clearly, uh, the positive commandment does override the negative commandment. And Lema to have Lakish. This should be also a Tiyufta question on Reish Lakish. 
Isn't this a problem for Rish Lakish? Rish Lakish is the one that said that if there's another option, go with the other option. So how can we go with the other option? Uh, the Brisa here says that we don't go with the other option. We don't go with the option of Chalitza. So the Gemara answers, I'm Lachav Rish Lakish. Rish Lakish would respond back. The reason why in this case we say you could do Yibam and the Yibam works, even though there's a, this other option of Chalitza, is based on what we said uh, before in our introduction. Rish Lakish will respond back. It's true. When you have another option, go with the other option. So that you don't violate the negative commandment. But over here, Chalitza, vis-a-vis Yibam, when you have the option, should I do Yibam, should I do Chalitza, Chalitza is not viewed as a mitzvah. We tell you to do Yibam. Yibam is the primary choice. So go with Yibam, do Yibam, and Chalitza is not even viewed as an alternative. When you have to pick and you want to do Yibam, so then go do Yibam. Chalitza is just a secondary option if you don't want to do Yibam. But if you want to do Yibam, it's like Chalitza doesn't exist. Go ahead and do Yibam. And so since the we tell you to go ahead and do Yibam, so then we could say a positive commandment overrides the negative commandment. It would work on a Torah level, not on a rabbinic level, uh, because you can't remain married. You're not allowed to remain married, but at least on a biblical level it works. Oh, you're going to ask me about Chalitza, that there's this alternative of Chalitza. No, there is no alternative of Chalitza, because when it comes to, if you want to do Yibam, it's like Chalitza doesn't exist. The mitzvah of Chalitza doesn't exist. So this is the conclusion of the Gemara, and in the end of the day, this is a dispute about... Uh, how you evaluate the different options of Yibam and Chalitza. Is Chalitza equivalent to Yibam, or is it really secondary? This concludes that, that part of the Gemara, and really, in, starting from next week's recording, uh, we will begin a totally new topic. We'll discuss a different part of the Mishnah, which said that we have the the rabbis instituted, Chazal instituted, uh, Shneos, that there are cases where there's additional prohibitions to other relatives, to other extended family, that on the Torah level we already discussed on a Torah level, who you are forbidden to, in terms of incest, and that the the Chazal, they added other uh, other cases. And so we'll start discussing those other cases and the source for those other cases. Uh, so we'll discuss that in next week's recording.